I'm Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and here's What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water. In India, vanishing groundwater is ratcheting up tensions as shortages for agriculture, industry, and residents alike threaten the lives and livelihoods of hundreds of millions. In a country of 1.3 billion, more than one in 10 people lacks access to clean water near their home. That's according to the international water charity, WaterAid. This summer, a government think tank said that India is suffering the worst water crisis in its history. That's given rise to a new business model, with private water tankers filling the gap left by failing municipal delivery systems. For example, the port city of Chennai, India's fourth-largest metropolis, gets only 84% of the water it needs from municipal water supplies. Like many cities in India, its residents rely on wells they dig or water they buy from privately owned tankers that bring in water from outside the city. About 4,000 private tankers deliver about 200 million liters of water a day to Chennai. There are neighborhoods with no access to government water pipes, and this has encouraged the growth of what's called a water mafia, which controls who gets water and at what price. The director of the charity Rain Center told Reuters News Service that tankers locate good groundwater sources in farming areas of nearby districts. They pay a little to pump the water and sell it at up to 50 times their cost. He said the indiscriminate and often unauthorized taking of groundwater adds to water stress in rural areas. India's government restricted commercial water tankers in 2014, but with variable success. Despite the use of fines, water deliveries since then have risen about 25 percent, according to the Water Lorry Owners Association. Water truckers contend that they supply a vital public need that the government is failing to serve. Some residents, however, say the private water services are using the lack of municipal water supplies to price gouge customers who have no options. When thousands of water lorry drivers in Chennai went on strike for three days last month in protest of limits to their access to groundwater, the city was thrown into crisis, businesses shut down, and residential districts were dry. Concerned groups say that Chennai needs to rethink how to manage its water. Last month, Chennai's highest court ruled on a petition by drinking water bottlers who sought exemption from the 2014 water restrictions. The restrictions denied the companies access to groundwater in areas where the water table is overused or very low. The bottlers wanted an exemption, arguing that monsoon rains would replenish the groundwater. The court disagreed, calling groundwater the backbone of India's drinking water and irrigation system, and said that those taking it for profit without permission were engaged in criminal theft. The judges ruled that overuse of rural groundwater threatened India's food security. This stern ruling has Chennai debating its reliance on water tankers and packaged water, as well as the city's lack of action. A spokesman for the Chennai Water Board said that feasibility studies are underway on new water sources, 
and a new desalination plant is expected to open in the next five years. Others who have studied alternative and sustainable water options for Chennai recommend better rainwater harvesting and storage and renovation of wells as part of a common-sense approach to avoid shortage. The founder of the Packaged Drinking Water Manufacturers Association, which filed the suit for exemption from groundwater limits, admitted to Reuters News, the water crisis is worsening and even we are worried about depleting groundwater. In the future, we can only pray more fervently and hope for good rains to ensure there is enough water to go around. Ecuador is being sued by a local governing body over mining rights in a protected forest. The government of Cotacache, a valley town in northern Ecuador, wants the regional court to stop all mining activity within the biological reserve of Los Cedros. Los Cedros is a lush area of rivers and forests in the Andes, known as one of the most biologically diverse regions on Earth. Reuters News Service reported that Cotacache's lawsuit contends that the national government violated both the Constitution and forestry laws by ignoring Los Cedros's conservation status and by selling mining concessions in the protected forest without informing local officials. The Cotacache planning director said that Ecuador has granted mining concessions to over 70% of the Intag Valley without a single consultation with local communities or authorities. Ecuador is rich in gold, copper, and other minerals, and since 2008, nearly two million acres of its protected forests have been opened up to mining exploration. That's according to the Australian environmental nonprofit group Rainforest Information Center. Ecuador's constitution and its national mining plan give the state the right to extract minerals regardless of whose land lies above them. The Constitution, however, does require the national government to consult with communities about plans involving non-renewable resources. A manager at a research station in Los Cedros told Reuters, the mining companies have more rights here than the protected forests. The mining ministry and the National Mining Agency did not respond to Reuters' requests for comment. In recent years, communities in the Intag Valley have shown determined resistance to mining. This latest suit comes on the heels of two landmark cases earlier in the year. In those, local courts agreed with rural and indigenous communities who argued that the national government allowed mineral exploitation in their territories without informing them. The mining project in Los Cedros is a partnership between an Ecuadorian company and a Canadian firm. It is still in the early stages of exploration and is not yet using drills or other heavy equipment, according to the Canadian company, which added that protected forests are open to mineral exploration but are subject to strict environmental standards. The Cotacache suit says damage is already being done by harming habitat for the endangered Andean bear and by clearing forest for temporary mining camps. Although the mining company has said no trees are cut and no water used in its current phase, Reuters visited the area and found a site of about 100 square meters had been cleared for a camp. Although mining can bring residents high-paying jobs, experts warn about the environmental toll.
For the last three years, scientists and local citizens have been tracking water quality in the waters downstream from a mining project near the town of Hunin in the Intag Valley. Although the project is still in the exploration phase, the impacts are already evident. The research group has documented landslides near the site, as well as dangerous levels of substances such as arsenic, manganese and molybdenum in the water sources. The group is concerned about what will happen once the companies actually begin to mine. The Los Cedros research station manager told Reuters that such pollution is one of the reasons he's hoping that the lawsuit will prevail and stop companies from mining in the biological reserve. They have to build trails. They have to build roads. They'd have to start tearing up the forest to get those drilling platforms up here, he said. It'd be the end of this pristine area. In the United States, California regulators agreed last week to delay a key vote on a water use proposal meant to alleviate stress on native fish. Governor Jerry Brown and incoming Governor Gavin Newsom joined in urging the State Water Resources Control Board to give the opposing sides time to reach consensus during confidential settlement negotiations. The board was scheduled last week to vote on a plan to allow less water to be taken from the lower San Joaquin River and its tributaries. It would reserve up to 40 percent of the water from that system for the river, allowing it to flow down to the Pacific Ocean rather than be captured by dams or diverted for irrigation or for cities such as Modesto and San Francisco. Currently, up to 80% of the water in the lower San Joaquin watershed is taken for human use. Critics of the reallocation say cutbacks in their share will destroy the Central Valley's farm economy, and others fear shortages in drinking water for cities. The Trump administration opposes the plan, which farmers consider a water grab. The state says that increasing the flow to the ocean would prevent an ecological crisis for salmon and steelhead trout that are struggling to survive in reduced water conditions. The Sacramento Bee described the issue as one of California's fiercest water wars. The State Water Board's primary role is to balance competing uses of water, including agriculture, municipal use, recreation, fish, and wildlife. It agreed to delay until December 11th, hoping by then that a voluntary water-sharing agreement would take hold. This was based on reports of progress in negotiations and a pledge by Governor Brown and Lieutenant Governor Newsom to actively bring the issue to a resolution. Maurice Hall, a water policy expert at the Environmental Defense Fund, said his organization has been part of voluntary settlement negotiations for about two years, He noted that this was the second time the board has postponed action on the Bay Delta plan and was concerned about further delays. But, he said, we will swallow hard and live with one more month of delay in hopes that we can reach an agreement that puts the aquatic ecosystems of the Central Valley on a more promising path to recovery. And that's What's Up With Water. We'd like to share what's up where you are. Tweet us with your water news at Circle of Blue, hashtag What's Up With Water.